Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Hilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And today we have something super special. We are talking about acupuncture. We are talking to our own personal acupuncturist. And then we are going to be getting acupuncture We're on getting the show. Poked. We're getting poked on the show, getting stabbed, as I always call it. Um, but now, we should just say this um, this episode has in large part happened because of you guys, off of the success of the episode we did a few weeks back with Erica Bloom and Pilates and diastasis recti and hearing from you guys loving that we're talking about just you know issues that moms have in our bodies that are can be debilitating can mm-hmm. can seriously like take your life off track if you just don't feel good in your skin strong in your core health supported um, and so anyway in continuation of that trend we wanted to go to a topic that both Hilari and I a, a, a treatment we should say that both Lari and I have subscribed to and used for a long a lot time of different, for a lot of different and things for a lot of different you know, treatments not just supporting our you know our pregnancies and getting labor, back into birth. labor birth everything but also you know just in terms of like regulating our period or making sure that we have enough energy de-stressing de-stressing boosting. exactly and it is one of those things where people a lot of people have heard that it works but they don't know exactly why. You know, we hear about chi, we hear about meridians. There's a lot of this like acupuncture jargon that can feel a little overwhelming. Um, you know, some people are not super big fans of needles. I would say most people are not really big fans of needles. <laughs> if you are, we've got a place to send you maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, so, so we want to make it less scary um, if it is something that you haven't tried yet. Um, and then there's also going to be really great tips if, if this is something that you're never, ever going to try or it's not in your area but you can you know different food tips that these ladies um, have um, and just you know supporting your supporting your system but this is an ancient medicine you know this has been around for a really 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 long time so we invite you to open up your ears open up your mind listen carefully you might like want to come back to this episode again and again um, and listen to different parts of it and see if it it resonates with you Um, because this is something that Daphne and I both use on a regular basis and I do find it to be life-changing so we wanted to have a dialogue um, around acupuncture. And because, first of all, this is a treatment that has been around centuries, probably millennia. Um, and it's based in traditional Chinese medicine. It is around the sort of treatment of the whole body. And because it is an art form, it is obviously science. Also, these people are licensed. Um, if you're looking for someone in your area, you can check a licensee, yes. uh, you know, license registrar so you know that you're getting the real deal. Um, they are medically trained, but, but it is in many ways an art form. And every person's treatment is individualized and their methodologies and their, their points that they pick for different things and the ways that they make elements of your body speak to each other. Those are all part of the practitioner's specific method. And so we thought it'd be really fun to get two practitioners that we both love into the room to talk a little bit about their techniques, talk a little bit about their therapies, the different things that they've treated through acupuncture. You're going to hear from from Anne about a woman who um, was put in an unthinkable situation where she was told by her uh, traditional doctors. And obviously, Hilary and I both come from a fa- families that have, you know, doctors, doctors and surgeons <laughs> and physicians at their core. So we have n- so much respect for what um, for what the medical profession uh, has and does. Um, 
that that you know complementary and traditional medicine just cannot offer. And at the same time, uh, this woman was told to choose between her own life and the life of the baby she was carrying because of a uh, of an issue she was having. And um, with Anne's help, she was able to successfully give birth and thrive herself. So anyway, all that to say, really interesting, really powerful medicine. And we wanted to hear uh, two different perspectives. So you'll be hearing from two very different voices on a very ancient um, healing practice called acupuncture. First up is my personal acupuncturist, Anne Cecil Sturman. Today is very, very special because I, we are having my acupuncturist on. And my acupuncturist, I have known her for longer than I've known my husband. We've been, I've been going to Anne for about 14 years now. And she has helped me with everything from dealing with, you know, my 20s and when I had an eating disorder. And then dealing with, um, you know, just like regulating my menstrual cycle to um, dealing with stress to then having babies and, um, you know, supporting my system while I'm pregnant. Um, And then she induced my uh, daughter. I'm a firm believer that I went into labor because I went to to her. And then she, you know, helped me through my other pregnancies. And then, you know, Romeo, who was floating in extra water, we tried our very, very, very best to uh, make him come out. And he was very, very stubborn. Um, <laughs> but um, but no, I would go, I'd like run up there. She'd be like, I have 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm there. And I'd run up there and we'd she'd stab me with lots of needles. Um, stab. Stab. No, was, no, no, no. Gent- gently, harshly put put them in. They, it hurt. I, I'd, li- I'd be a liar if I didn't say they hurt a little bit. There's totally manageable. Um, but um, But, you know, I mean, one of the things that I love about her is um, I didn't know this, that there's different kinds of acupuncture. And she does something called classical acupuncture. And I had experienced acupuncture before that is, you know, relaxing in terms of like they put like a bunch of different like very, very tiny little needles in and you lay with like soothing music for like an hour and then they come in with a Q-tip and take them out and you're like, okay, that must have done something. And and not to, you know, demean it, like I'm, sh- I'm sure it does. But when I went to her, it resonated with me so much because she would use these needles that are larger than the other needles and she, then she sits with you and she'll sit with you and she'll, you know, uh, manipulate them. She'll use this thing called moxa that I'll let her explain um, later on where she heats the needles and has this very certain smell. Um, that now I find to be soothing, although some people are like you walk you walk into the floor of her building and she's got this tiny little office and you just know that you're on the right floor because you can smell it from the elevator. Um, but you know, I mean, just learning to take care of my body through thinking about meridians and pulses and all of these different things has well, been let's just take incredible. People, let's take people back a little bit though. Not everyone will have had acupuncture. What is it supposed to be? What is it supposed to do? And I, I didn't mean to, to, to speak over you. I, it is one of them for me, and clearly for you, it has been one of the most empowering ways to take care of my body. And it's not just like a massage or something else. It's extremely harnessing of your body's natural electrical current. So, Anne, if you would, you're the expert. Let's talk about the expert. We're like fumbling around with different things, but yes. Make a sound. A crash course on what (laughs) acupuncture actually is. So so if you imagine that you have um, a body that's alive, right, fully alive, And then let's say a moment later, let's be very graphic about it, a moment later that body is no longer alive, but that body that's deceased has all its fluids, 
all its internal organs, everything is intact, everything is present. There's only one thing that's missing, and that's the life force, or what the Chinese call qi. And acupuncture is the art of organizing that qi to uh, maximize the flow of life. Wow. And, and you know, I had always heard, I've seen, you know, and if you guys at home, you can look it up, but you can see the meridian chart. And I remember, you know, I started going to acupuncture when I was 11 years old. Um, My goodness. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll see this, you know, this, usually it's like a white figurine with like the lines of like red and all these different, you know, meridians, these energy channels going through them. And I never even, I was like, okay, that sounds good. Let's do that. Sign me up for that one. Um, and I remember my very first treatment with Anne um, and she put two needles. I, I mean, I don't remember all my treatments with her, obviously, but for some reason, I really remember this. She put two needles, one like under, like sort of on my shin on the side um, and then one towards my ankle. Oh, you're good. And she put those two in and and all of a sudden I felt like a zing yes. through the two. And it was the first time that I ever, with all my years of acupuncture before then, first time I ever felt the energy the, the what I the meridian I assume right yes connect between the two of them and that was like okay she knows what she's doing no I'm with you I feel like when I had a very there is some pressure point and we're both feeling our left calf if you imagine sort of you know a quarter of the way down to the right of the bone there's this extraordinary and on both sides of the bone actually there's this really wild electrical feel that happens when you tap into that and you can actually feel it imagine a race car driving around your body those little match cars and you hear that it feels like that that's your cheek that's wild mm. um so so but i mean we talked we've said a bunch of buzzwords like meridians and, and chi I, I, let's talk about what is it that rebalancing that chi is doing and when a patient comes to you for the first time what, how are you, you know, quote unquote, diagnosing them? What are you looking for? How are you treating them? Well, well that's a big question all in one. And yeah. so, <laughs> discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so, the diagnosis is done at the wrist by taking pulses. So, we put three fingers on the pulses about, you know, where the, the wrist um, connects to the hand, right? Right at that point. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we had a visual right here? But if you can imagine the three fingers fall. Um, where the wrist attaches uh, the hand to the arm. And the pulses are taken at three different depths in the wrist. So by pressing the fingers at certain depths, you can tell how the organs are relating to each other, whether the, for example, the spleen and the pancreas are communicating their chi up to the lungs, which actually we're here to talk about fertility, right? And and so if, if the chi of the digestive tract is not financing the chi of the lungs, then we cannot have conception because the chi of the lungs is, is principal. It's the primary force of um, to bring the chi of heaven to the uterus for conception. Well, I know that, that sounds a little esoteric, but um, when you have, well, let's say the heavy breathing that goes on during sex is there to draw the chi of heaven to the uterus. And so the lungs play a a vital role in conception. And what we find in diagnosis very often at the wrist is that the lungs are, um, they're impeded by phlegm. 
they're impeded by too much mucus. And so that, that conversation between lungs and uterus is obstructed. So to get back to your question, the diagnoses happen at the wrist by examining the, the flow of chi through the three different positions the between the fingers. It's very hard to explain. So so basically, I mean, what I experience when I'm when I'm with Anne, so she, she puts her fingers, kind of like when you go for a run and you get, you know, taught when you're, you know, uh, you know, in sixth grade or whatever, to feel like how fast your pulse goes yeah. right on right where your pulses are. So, you know, for for a lot of us, we think, okay, our pulse is going ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. So in Chinese medicine, um, it seems like, is, there, is it correct that there's six? There's three on each that you look. So you, she was putting her fingers, all three fingers, right underneath the wrist going down. And that each one of them is a different organ. And, and so she'll like, as she, ch- as she touches my, my wrists, you'll feel her pressing at dip- different depths. So I'll, she'll like press the pointer finger, the middle finger, and the ring finger. And she'll press the pointer finger like a little bit h- lower, a little bit higher, then you'll feel her do another finger. And so she's basically, in, and correct me if I'm wrong, Anne, because this is just what I'm experiencing you doing, um, is she'll she'll tell me how and diagnose how my different organ systems are communicating with one another. You said that so beautifully. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. See, 14 years later and I'm almost an acupuncturist. You really know your stuff. It's <laughs> no, amazing. And then, so, and then so when, and then she was like, okay, she'll say to me, you know, your, your lungs are not communicating with your stomach or your spleen. I'm making all of that up. I don't know if she's ever said those specific words, but it's within that context. So she's like, all right, let's get you on the table. And then she's using needles to open up my meridians, my chi, and op- and allowing the channel to go more more fully and fluidly. Hmm. So what you're trying to do with acupuncture is create connections between organs using channels of energy so the energy that is um, that is our life force is organized in very specific lines through the body and each of them is named after a different organ so there's a line that controls the, the chi that goes through the lungs and another channel that controls the chi that goes through the spleen and the pancreas another for the stomach for the bladder for the kidneys and Illness, and for your topic really, failure to conceive, um, all illness is caused by a failure of these channels to flow freely. Hmm. And so you determine at the wrist, by, by feeling into the wrist, where these blockages are, where the uh, breaks in communication between the organs actually are. And then the patient goes onto the table and using needles, you uh, relieve that blockage so that the chi can flow very smoothly between the two organs in question or or many organs in question. And both wrists are, am, am I correct, that they're different? So like the pulses on your left side are different than the pulses on the right side? Yes, the pulses on the left side represent the heart, small intestine, liver, gallbladder and all the hormones which are particularly interesting Mm -hmm. with fertility and on the right wrist we have lungs large intestine stomach spleen and um, the the capacity to produce adrenaline kidney young and so the other interesting thing that i've experienced with her is that there is something called a pregnant pulse 
<laughs> and so can you talk to me about the consonants versus the vowels in terms of, because again, for all of most of you guys out there, you're going to experience your pulse the way that most of us experience the pulse is if are we alive, are we dead, and are we are we excited or are we not are we like at, like resting <laughs> Relaxing. resting right exactly we think about it much more in terms of cardio or nervousness or something like wow my pulse was racing that but there's so much going on in the pulse that I've learned from Anne and one of the most interesting ones and the only thing that I can detect is the pregnant versus non-pregnant pulse. So explain. How beautiful. Well, a pregnant pulse is one that's slippery, technically slippery. And a slippery pulse is defined by the feeling of, of the absence of a consonant at the beginning of the beat. So, for example, a, a normal pulse in a person who's not pregnant will feel like boom, 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 right? But in a, a pregnant woman that pulse loses its its ictus, its its definition at the beginning, and it becomes very blurred, like, oh, whoa, 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 right? No so, way. No, it's crazy. Wait, that's it's from weird. how early on in the pregnancy? Oh, straight away. Really? Straight away. So do you think that there's something to be said for women who know they're pregnant, like the day after they conceive it, that there's just something, that, or however long it takes for the egg to be fertilized? Yes, wow. I think they can feel it. That's wild. Yeah. Maybe it is the pulse that's shifting. That's so mm-hmm. insane. Well, I mean, it makes sense that all of a sudden, you know, there is a, you know, the fertilization and then the fertilization then sparks this complete hormonal shift that we are aware of, you know, most of us are aware of, you know, four weeks after, or whatever it is, two to four weeks afterwards when we take the test. Um, but our body is doing so much work before then. So it would make sense if we're thinking about sort of the lines of energy and our pulse and stuff like that, that that would be a shift kind of immediately. Now, for women who are having trouble conceiving, um, what are, you know, number one, what would you what would you say is the number one reason for that? And and what do you do to help them? The number one reason for unexplained infertility is cold and it's a very interesting subject and it's the one that's most difficult to communicate to the patient because they come in absolutely certain that they're doing all the things they possibly can do it's actually my favorite thing to treat unexplained fertility now in those cases generally speaking in the vast majority of cases the pulses are tight and slow so if you're feeling at the wrist for the status of the the digestive tract, chi, it feels constrained and it feels slowed down. And sometimes it will feel weak. So wait, t- tight, tight pulse, tight pulse means harder consonant? Tight pulse means that the, the acupuncturist will feel that the sides of the radial artery are pushed in. So it feels like there's an, a sideways force pressing in into the center of Almost the Almost like a the thinness artery. to it. Yes, yes. It's constrained. Mm-hmm. It feels constrained. And so I'll say, so tell me about your diet because it's telling us that there is something constraining what we call the middle burner, which really means the area between the waist and the diaphragm, the digestive, the bulk of the digestive tract. And they'll say, oh, look, 
I am, my diet is fantastic. You know, I, I get up in the morning and I make my smoothie and I put lots of greens in it and spirulina and uh, my, my frozen berries and, and yogurt and I, I put it in the blender and it, like nothing could be better. And I put turmeric and ginger in it and, and drink it down. Nothing wrong with turmeric and, and ginger, by the way. And I drink it down and then for lunch I have a big salad and... And I put have some grilled chicken on top of that. And for dinner, I have another salad and maybe some fish or something like that. And and you know, but I never eat dessert. And uh, sometimes I'll do vegetable juices and things like that. And and they're telling you with a great deal of pride. And they're really working hard at it. And it's it's heartbreaking really to have to disabuse them of this approach. So so I say. We have to warm up your digestive tract, and to do that, you can't be doing this. So, so this is interesting because this was one of the first things that I I learned, and it was so hard for me to grasp this topic mm. was this hot versus cold food, because it's it's twofold. And, t- and again, correct me if I'm wrong, it's twofold. One is the temperature of your food in terms of like, and I'm like nervous to bring beverages in to when I go to see Anne. I'm like, it should be hot tea. I will be hot ginger tea because you can't see that I'm drinking cold water and I have to behave myself in front of her. But it's so it's the temperature, but it also is an energetic quality, a yin, a yang of the food. Meaning so, that the food the, after it's cooked is losing some of its no, negative energy. No, and this is what's very interesting. Okay. So along with when I started going to Anne, I was also going to a, um, a Chinese doctor in Chinatown go into this tiny little room and it's like super like seedy in the building. It's so fun And he though. gives I you and he that. barely speaks any English and he checks his pulse. The pulse is very like gruff, like no like lovely bands that bedside manner like Anne has. And he would uh, like make you stick out your tongue and he'd look at your tongue. And then he had this sheet and it was hot and cold. And it was stuff like it didn't even make sense. Like, you know, uh, this vegetable is hot and this vegetable is cold. And it had nothing to do with temperature. It had to do with the yin and yang energetic quality to it. And I really didn't believe it at the beginning. I was like, okay, whatever, all right. But I decided I would give it a try. And then there was neutral foods, too, that don't do anything yin or yang. And, you know, the cherries were hot. Um are cucumbers cold? They're very cold. Very cold. <laughs> and so, but to be honest, when I started doing this, strawberries, strawberries are pretty neutral. Ooh, are they okay? beets? Mm, beets are warming. Warm. Eggplant. Eggplant. Eggplant's toxic. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Banana. Banana is very cold. 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 Yeah. No. That, cheese. Yeah. What's cheese? <laughs> cheese is inedible. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's phlegm producing. Uh, because it's phlegm producing, <clears throat> and this was, goes back to when I got rid of dairy for my diet. So basically, like, not only are you having to think about the temperature of your food if you want to go down this route that I'm telling you works like a charm, um, but you have to think of the yin and the yang of it. So like, you know, and, and, and some people who are very like when I came into this, I was so cold as they called it, not just in terms of I was doing like everything was raw and cold and everything, but also the foods that I was choosing. So then I started going into, you know, cooking things more and I would, you know, cook stews that had like cherries in them and stuff like that. And I would, you know, try experiment with all these different foods and spices that would warm up my system. And let me tell you, I don't know if this is TMI, but when I was working with her and I was eating this way, my period would come 
28 days at 7 o'clock in the morning. Really? Yes. Like, it makes your body like clockwork because it opens up the channels. And again, at home, if this sounds like it's, like, kind of cuckoo, I know I'm a yoga teacher, but I'm, I'm like, a lot less, you know— you know, hippy dippy than than you might you know judge me to be, and this is something that has been life changing. It's also it can sound a little woo. woo There are there it, even sitting here in the room with Anne. There are so many elements that we will never be able to appreciate because we haven't had your training. And there are so many people who will swear that acupuncture is a thing that has made a difference in their life that you can't discount that. I mean, the the fact to your point, the difference between a live person and a dead one is just the in that immediate moment is just the absence of the chi or or the spirit or the life force or whatever you choose to call it. And being able to give yourself a way to access and harness that. Now, a- acupuncture is not something I think you can do at home. Maybe. No. maybe and do you do acupuncture on yourself? Do you? Well, yeah, no, I get my husband to do that. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> oh, my children, actually. No, Anne, Anne is very wild. Anne is wild. She's like totally like, you know, her her kids. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, I get my kids needles and needle stuff like here? that. Stuff that do not do this at home. <laughs> but like some, some takeaways of like stuff that you can do at home, I found was, you know, you can Google like hot a... Hot and cold foods. You can Google hot and cold foods. And if you are trying to get pregnant, you know, what would you say? What would you say? Cook your food more. Cook your food more. Go to these energetic warm foods. Yes. Uh, well, the, the immediate response is, but there are more nutrients in raw foods. That's the immediate response. And and that is true. If you took two carrots to a lab, um, one cooked and one raw, and you asked for an assay on the nutrients in both items, there's no doubt the report would come back, the raw carrot wins, the, the raw lettuce wins, whatever, the raw, the raw zucchini wins, right, as far as nutrients are concerned. But the problem is you cannot get enough, you can't absorb those nutrients as well as you can the cooked nutrients. And the net effect is that you have fewer nutrients absorbed from the raw. And not only that, but... The fact that those raw vegetables are cooling down the digestive tract and the and the digestive tract requires warmth to function means that long-term consumption of raw foods results in a decline in the capacity of the digestive tract. So the if the gut becomes weakened by raw and cold foods and starts to, to uh, become contracted with cold... The body will, for the purposes of survival, try to put that cold somewhere else. And because because cold, just like cold air sinks in a room to the floor, cold in the gut will sink and it will go down to another region that it can occupy. That can be the bowels causing diarrhea. If you eat a lot of cold food, cold raw food, you, your bowels can start moving too much. Um, to the bladder, which is also hollow, so you have more urination, which means net dehydration too. And it can also go to the uterus and contract the uterus and make the uterus itself cold. And in these women who are very invested in salads and juices and smoothies, if you put your hand on their abdomen between their navel and their pubic bone, so if you put your hand on their lower abdomen, it's cold. And you can't create life in a cold environment. 
And so they're working so hard to be healthy so that they can conceive. But the cold is um, causing these habitual miscarriages or failure to conceive in the first place. And the other thing, I mean, you know, you you touched on digestion. Like I noticed once I started eating this way that my digestion got better. And I, I don't know if you remember this, but she gave me and told me about like a fire. And you want to keep the fire as hot as possible. You want to put on dry, you know, uh, dry wood and and keep it as hot as possible. And if you're like literally pouring cold things mm-hmm. on the fire, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it. Your your stomach is intended to burn the food. Within. It's fuel. It is fuel. Mm-hmm. And so you want to keep it as hot as possible, basically. Um, and that completely just it just you just feel better. I mean that that's what. That's what the proof is in the what? Pudding. The, put, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> that I mean, I started eating this way and, you know, I got access to, you know, this kind of very ancient medicine and my body started functioning better. And, and what more can you ask than, you know, for women, you know, you think about your menstrual cycle, you think about your digestion, you don't want to have like that noisy stomach in the room. I'm sure that some of you guys at home can relate to that. Um, and, you know, we it, it just treating your body in a different way in a way that I think in this culture we don't think about. So it's so funny you bring that up because I I grew up in a family where almost every male in my family is some kind of surgeon, cardiothoracic, pulmonary, uh, neuro, uh, trained in the art of Western medicine. And in in many degrees, it's an invasive medicine, but it is hugely effective and and necessary in many occasions. And um, and you know, I, I grew up at that dinner table listening to all these incredible advances and 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 really, you know, beautiful ways that humans are able to help each other through the advances of medicine and science. And then on the flip side of that, I have my mother and my grandmother. My mother's a Reiki healer. Both of them have studied extensively in nutrition. They know a ton about homeopathy. They just because it was a passion for them and eventually became an area of study and certainly was something that as children, you know, when I would get an ear infection, we got olive oil heated with garlic cloves then you know strained and dripped into your ear before you ever got antibiotics and I will tell you I don't think I've ever had antibiotics for ear infections or swimmers ear or anything like that Um, you know I can think of all kinds of weird we would call them witch remedies you know all kinds of weird things like that that my family would just rely on and it was always this really even my dad you know we would get we would get a cold or whatever and his first thing wasn't immediately go get this you know whatever drug off over the counter it was go outside and sweat get your body's natural responses to kick in and um and i think i i i only as an only now as a mother and, and you know as an older an older child did i really start to appreciate what that gave me in terms of understanding that you are allowed to be an expert in your body and you are allowed to give your body ways to help it uh, defend itself maintain its health turn on the right genes i love this whole study of epigenetics epigenetics we're getting very scientific here today but it's this idea that the food you eat literally turns on and off different genes in your body preventing cancer uh, and preventing other kinds of uh, age-related diseases etc so my my thinking is that we it's it's more difficult to understand something like what we're talking about here energy flow you can't see it right we're not setting up a voltage monitor and seeing what the what the energy is and you're talking about that something as small and and delicate and finite as a, a a compressed vein i mean the idea in my mind thinking as a doctor's daughter thinking of like how can you feel a compressed vein um but it's it is so beautiful and and so like you said hilaria it's clearly been something so powerful in your life and 
and it's so powerful in so many people's lives. I'm curious. I think the fertility thing is really critical because I think that's something that a lot of maybe a lot of you listening and a lot of people, a lot of my dear friends uh, struggle with regular scientific intervention in fertility and struggle with the 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 options being presented are you know extremely expensive, extremely invasive, extremely intensive. All choices that many people go through because the baby that you hope to get is so worth it. But I love to hear things like this that offer a glimmer of hope that there's something additional, complementary, uh, you know, an option to pursue, um, and that it sounds like it's about creating a general experience, a soil that is promoting of life to grow that can be good for everyone. And whether you're, whether you're trying to conceive or not, this is for general health. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask selfishly about post-birth. Um, what do you do to help women replenish or help to rebuild that soil for health long term? That's what we're doing right now. Oh, what? You didn't tell me about her. How could you deprive <laughs> I mean, me of this? I, <laughs> I've been keeping her. No, I mean, I've, uh, this is, Anne right now is 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 my is my um, my go to. She is the person in my life who is giving me my like my me time, and that might be once every month or once every two weeks or whenever the two of us can can fit it in. But it's just you know incredible. I mean, and she's you know I'm I'm getting my my body back, and that's not in the way that we're always talking about in terms of like how fit you are, but just in terms of how I feel and my energy level, and I'm tired. Your mojo. My mojo, and you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it on to her in terms of you know what she's been doing, you know, both with me and then what she would do, you know, with the the mother in the the fourth and fifth and sixth trimester, um, as people are starting yeah. to talk yeah, about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So. In breastfeeding, postpartum, um, the the fluids that we're using to create the breast milk come half from the stomach, stomach fluids or fluids that are being generated by the stomach, and half from the liver, from the blood that's stored in the liver. So it's a, a junction of these two fluids. And so as you breastfeed, you really give of your own body to such a degree that if you're not replenishing that consciously and 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 with a plan that you can run yourself very very flat and so in Chinese medicine um, postpartum we're working on restoring blood volume which is something that cannot be measured in Western medicine won't show up on a test actual blood volume so we're building that that back and also replenishing fluids in the stomach so the acupuncture treatments are focused on stomach chi and and liver chi to enable the storage of those resources and then that's backed up with dietary advice so stews and soups and bone broth and if there's if if the person is vegetarian lots of lentil soups and um and eggs and and eggs with ginger and all kinds of um liquidy foods liquidy porridges in the morning made from grains and and uh, and and a- animal foods where possible but it's not necessary to have animal foods there just has to be a lot of fluid yeah i i mean i don't eat meat and and um haven't since i was five years old so Anne has been able to work with me on my vegetarian diet um but i mean so and you know one of the things we 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 had um Erica Bloom on here, who's a Pilates instructor, and you know, not there's there is an acupuncture 
everywhere. Um, and um, there isn't Pilates everywhere and not everybody has access to it. So what are certain things that our listeners can can think about, you know, if they are trying to conceive or they're just trying to be healthier, or they're trying to like, what are different resources they can go to? What are at home things where they can treat their body better, where, you know, they can connect with this kind of medicine? Well, the first thing with home care is to ensure that the diet will not cool your gut down. We already went through that, but also that it won't create mucus. So things like um, sugar, which I think is our worst enemy, frankly, and cheese and milk and um, cheese, yeah, cheese, milk and gluten, right? So if you take those substances out of the diet, sugar, milk, cheese and gluten, you will not create phlegm. And if you don't create phlegm in the digestive tract, then the chi that comes up from the gut to the lungs to finance lung chi so that you can breathe and conceive, so you can use that chi that goes down to the uterus to conceive, that chi will not be polluted, as it were, by, uh, by mucus and phlegm. And so you have a clear channel of chi from the lungs down to the uterus. That's probably almost as important as staying warm, as eating warm cooked foods. So that's very important. Um, The next important thing really is sleep. Sleep needs to be early. So we get stuck on our phones and, you know, we could talk about that for a long time. But if we are in a very deep sleep by 11 p.m., which means turning the lights out at 10 p.m., Right. If we can get into a, a profoundly relaxed sleep by 11, the gallbladder channel, that's the, the energy that runs through the gallbladder organ, that is the, the closest sibling of the liver, is able to relax enough to bring lots of blood back into the liver and fill the liver up. And when that happens, and there's a... a there's relaxation, the spleen is freed to make more blood and the kidneys are relaxed enough to manufacture more hormones. Also the brain, all the the hormonal centers will become active. They only become active in deep sleep and they only become active in the earlier hours of sleep. So if you're up at midnight or, you know, 12.30, 1am, Pregnancy is going to be difficult. Conception will be difficult because the hormonal balances will be off. So that's extremely important, early sleep. And, you know, well, I'm biased because I practice Chinese medicine, but Qigong, you know, standing exercises, which you can learn, you can learn online, Mm -hmm. you know. YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Qigong exercises and meditation. So in Qigong exercises, is that... that for the meridians to help the meridians yes. move? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Qigong exercises move. The, they're designed to free the flow of qi in the body. So if you don't have mm. access to acupuncture, you can go on to YouTube and you can learn these exercises that will hopefully help to open up your blockages and and let your meridians flow flow freely. <laughs> <laughs> Free-flowing meridians all over America. Um, I'm curious, just you've practiced for so long what's one of the more challenging cases you've dealt with oh goodness 
There have been many, but the one that comes to mind straight away is um, a case. It's a few years ago now, but a woman came in and um, she came with a, a friend who helped her up the three stairs. At the time, I had two very small children, a baby and um, and and a toddler. So I had moved back into my apartment to practice. And so I was, I was practicing acupuncture with my baby in the sling. And, you know, so it was like a real menagerie. But um, so my husband opened the door to let her in and she had to be helped up the stairs. And she sat down and, and I said, how can I help you? And she said, I've just come from the hospital and they made me sign a document to say that I had declined an abortion um, and that I'm going to take the risk and go through this pregnancy. And I said, what, what is your diagnosis? And she said, I have kidney failure and they made me choose between my kidneys and my child. And um, she said, I'm choosing my child and what I'd like you to do is um, is help me stay pregnant. And she said, please don't tell me that I, I need an abortion. So I took the pulses and I, what I found was indeed kidney failure. There was no chi to be found in either kidney. But amazingly, she had some digestive chi. So there's a vector between the spleen and the kidneys. And usually what we're doing in acupuncture is we're bringing chi from the kidneys to the spleen. So the kidneys are your the origin of your chi. There's kidney yang, which is moving, warming chi, and there's kidney yin, which translates as hormones, fluid balance and hormones. So usually we are, in acupuncture, we're asking for the body to donate more of this moving warming chi up to the digestive tract to maximize digestive function because all health is originating in the gut according to Chinese medicine <clears throat> and so I decided I would borrow some of this um, digestive chi and send it back to the kidneys send it in other words, what they say in Chinese medicine, they say bringing postnatal chi back to replenish, uh, replenish prenatal chi, which is just jargon that means bringing chi from the gut and socking it in the kidneys to bring them back into life. And so we worked for, I think, probably a month or so, and her kidneys fired up again. And then she, I think she had... Within six or seven weeks, she had about 80% kidney function. And that child is, um, I think he's nine years old now. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I mean, and that's what's really so incredible about this. And I don't understand it completely. You know, over the past, you know, 14 years, I've, I've learned a lot more about it. And I understand, like, the very, like, the ABCs about it. But I really have experienced it to be life-changing. Um, and in ways that, you know, that, you know, you, I do believe that you need to have the Western medicine, but you also need to have 
the Eastern medicine. And, you know, they have certain things that they're both good at. Um, but, but ultimately, we need to learn, learn more about our bodies and learn to support our systems in a way that most of us haven't been raised or educated yeah. in that way. Can I ask one last question that, again, I've never asked anyone in acupuncture this, so it might be completely outside the purview, but um, just because Western medicine has tried to treat it so much and, and with limited success or very, very individualized success, weight loss. Is there acupuncture for weight loss? And if so, what is it accessing or what's it doing? So acupuncture does not treat conditions. It doesn't treat weight loss. It doesn't treat heart disease. It doesn't treat kidney failure. It doesn't get right. We're not treating conditions. We're treating the individual. So we're taking the pulses and working out why this particular person is accumulating this weight because it will be different for each person. And usually what you find when people have difficulty losing weight is that the chi that runs through the pancreas again, or the pancreas is featuring, featuring today, isn't it? But we find that the, the chi that moves through the pancreas is insufficient to create complete um, digestion of food and, and the small intestine is not what we call separating the pure from the impure. So it's not creating a, enough of a separation of nutrients for absorption and that will create inflammation in the gut that's responded to by fluids which ends up um, you know, building weight. Also, if a person is consuming... Um, foods that or substances that are toxic like let's say sugar and they they're eating too too many processed foods right the body will accumulate fat to store those toxins and so that would be there'd be a different approach to that you might open what we call the belt channel and see if you can let those toxins out that would be a different approach or perhaps someone is eating too many inflaming foods they might be putting hot sauce on everything and causing the gut to become inflamed, which will cause it again to accumulate fluids to try to put out that fire. And so in that case, you would have to clear heat to get that inflammation out to counsel them not to eat garlic and chocolate. And which is like the, uh, the which is interesting, interesting because yeah. it is the yin and the yang and what we're talking about before. It's like, you know, for a lot of women who are struggling with, you know, with infertility, it is that their system is too cold energetically, whereas then there's other conditions where it's too hot. And that gets back into this whole balance thing that comes up so much on Mm -hmm. mom brain, which is, is there, is there a balance? And, you know, I mean, whether it's yoga or, you know, acupuncture or whatever, I mean, it's, it's basically understanding that your body is a machine. And it must be in working order. And if you were tinkering with a car, you got to make sure that all the parts are, are functioning and connecting properly. Same thing with the body. And like when you watch and do acupuncture or, you know, for any of you guys who have had extra, there's, there is like tinkering of the needles. They're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to check your pulse. Now I'm going to add this and then see how that changes everything. And just basically, basically making this, you know, free flowing system, which is, which is your body. Um, and um, that's a good point. We're constantly taking the pulses to see see whether we're getting that whether whether she's getting it i mean and she is like this like these this you know master scientist where you're there and she's just like this you know for i mean you guys aren't here she's like this tiny little woman and she's like you know has these needles and she's like super badass in her ways and she's she's stabbing <laughs> again i'm going to use the word stabbing stabbing you gently with the needles and then just making sure everything is sort of 
Well, um, I do want to. We do want to ask you before before we um, run out of time. What your favorite um, products? We have this thing, sort of our favorite things on Mom Brain, and you know, a lot of that with some of the guests that we have is like a favorite makeup or whatever. But because you have your experience, what is like the one health food store thing that we should all have at home? Oh my goodness! I the know. first thing. Like, well, you know, my husband cooks all the time for us and he's going to say well my bone broth is better than that but if (laughs) if he doesn't have time to cook bone broth i go to brodo Mm -hmm. brodo brodo okay bone broth bone broth is i know you're vegetarian i know i I am and i you've 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 made it bone broth count (laughs) you know what she's had some moments where she was like well you need bone broth and i'm like i don't know anna i will do almost anything for you i don't know if i'll do that why is bone broth so important in fertility, what we're looking for is foods that resonate with constitutional chi. That's jargon that means the substance of your um, the, your DNA, your hormones, the, the sexual fluids, all that category of deep, deep fluids. We're looking for foods that resonate with that. And so the law of signature, which is... Um, a, a concept in Chinese medicine that there's an echo in foods that stimulate the generation of of vibrationally similar parts of the body. So if you have bone broth, you're going to be stimulating the growth of constitutional qi. So it's it's like fertility magic. So if you want to get pregnant... I was going to say, bone broth will take you to bone town. Bone, there you go. Bone broth. <laughs> Google, uh, you need to Google all these uh, these hot foods. Cook your foods. I want you to take sleep my Sleep at 7 p.m. I know, right? We'll yeah, let we them should. go. We'll, we'll let you guys go. And we're going to stick around and do we're some pulse work. We're going to do some pulse stuff. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much. Thanks Thank for having you. This is a fact. So that was Anne Sesselsterman, and she's incredible and uh, and just, you know, an absolute force in the field. And now we're going to hear from Michelle Spina, who I met nine or 10 years ago when I was writing an article for Oprah.com about something called Maya, Maya, Maya massage, um, which is a fertility massage where they basically go in and, and move your your the sort of muscles around and and organs around your stomach and your uterus and your kidneys and all these things, moving them all around in your in your gut um, in a way that facilitates fertility and it was super fascinating and I reached out to Michelle and she gave me a whole course and this by the way I don't even know if I was married at this point I definitely was not interested in in uh, you know fertilization but it was it was fascinating anyway I got to know this woman and she is larger than life like wild Italian lady lots of kids um, had gone to medical school and dropped out because she fell in love with traditional Chinese medicine and all that the complementary side of medicine had to offer and has since become this incredible fertility specialist and uh, and yeah we're gonna hear from her she's going to give us a little acupuncture treatment she's going to treat us with crystals she's gonna tell you about whether our heart is talking to our spleen, is talking to our lungs, is talking to our kidneys. Um, you're going to learn a lot more about us than we thought we were going to tell, but there you go. <laughs> Here's our conversation with Michelle. Mom, Will you if, pretend we don't know you? Okay. Um, will you just introduce yourself and to, um, like a 30-second bite about you? Oh, 
I'm Michelle Spina. I'm a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, practitioner of Chinese medicine. I'm uh, a Maya masseuse, which is a fertility massage. I do NAET. I'm an empath. Um, I'm located in New York City. Uh, my website is michellespina.com. Um, I've been practicing for eighteen years in New York. Um, I'm a mom. I have three kids. Tell us, what are some of the goals people have come in for for acupuncture? In my practice, uh, fertility. So we have, you know, if someone has PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, and they, they ovulate very rarely, we want to get them to ovulate more often, whether it's monthly or, you know, or every two months, something more reasonable. Um, if it's menstrual pain, if it's fibroids, if it's... Um, uh, amenorrhea, which is just no period, but they need to, or they want to get their period back from going off the pill, and they're trying to kind of bring that back. Um, digestive disorders, sleep disorders, stress, um, inso like insomnia, all of the, there's nothing that acupuncture really can't treat within reason. Um, it's a holistic form of medicine. So if it's just like going to your doctor, like going to your general practitioner, you can go in and say, oh, well, I hurt my knee. I think I might need an MRI or I cricked my neck or I think I have a cold or I might have the flu or my stomach is just not right. All of those things I see walk into my office and every day is different because you have your patients and every day they come in, you check their pulse and you see what's going on. And they come in with their complaint, but at the same time, you're listening to their pulse and looking at their tongue to see what's going on on a deeper level. So you can treat emotions, you can treat the physical body, you can treat internal organs, you can treat um, musculoskeletal disorders or injuries. That's something that I've always loved and appreciated about holistic medicine is I do think its approach is to treat the whole body. It's to see that an, a sickness or a, a pain or whatever is a manifestation of something, of, of, first of all, of all the things surrounding it. So if you hurt your knee, chances are something's going on with the ligaments or, uh, you know, the musculature around it or whatever it is. Um, or if you're having digestive issues, it's not just that your small intestine isn't working. It could be that, like, you're not making bile and, that, that, and there's just right. everything's related. And is your stress contributing to that? And is your sleeplessness contributing to that? And I think um, that's part of what I love about uh, when you and I first met, Michelle, you told me that you'd been in sort of traditional medical school and then somewhere along the way fallen in love with acupuncture and this sort of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine side, left medical school, started down this path. And it felt so familiar to me because that feels very much like where I grew up with all these medical you know, physicians, surgeons in my family. And then also um, my mother and my grandmother, who are hugely appreciative of homeopathy, Eastern medicine, Reiki, uh, acupuncture, all of that. Um, um, so talk a little bit about how we're treating the whole body and why that's particularly important for mothers. Because I think we it's really hard for us to take care of ourselves sometimes and hard to see that the the entire our our well-being is what feeds the entire family. <laughs> right. OK, so that is true. When we become mothers, when we're pregnant, all the attention is on you. You know, it's like, oh, she's a vessel and it's amazing. And you're giving so much of yourself to creating that life within you. Um, it's all your blood. It's your flesh. It's your body for nine months that's been taken over. And you are going to go through physical trauma 
getting this baby out, whether it's vaginally or a C-section, it's physical trauma. And then you're presented with this brand new person who you are supposed to keep alive and not kill (laughs) just when a truck hit you, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden everything is shifted to the baby and the mom is just kind of a hot mess filled with joy and love and raging, amazing emotions of joys and tears and all of that, that we just can't stop looking at our kids and just being like, this is the best thing I ever did. It's like art and science with my partner and we made this i made the best I made baby the best ever in the history ever. of babies right and for the first two weeks you're high you know you can you know you're breastfeeding and you're doing all of these things and you're out of body then after two weeks it kind of hits you and then also the baby realizes that they're out of your body <laughs> so someone has just swapped out your amazing <laughs> baby with like a wombat who's screaming at you and now it's oh my god we're up all night every two hours and it's this whole thing and i think in our society we're just trained to like just buck up and do it you've had this baby and in other cultures and holistically you really need a lot more support. And something has really shifted in our culture where in the past it used to be you had family close by. And so your mom or your sisters or your aunts or your great aunts would come and help you. And in other cultures, that's still the case. Like um, in Chinese tradition, we have what's called the 40 days, which is the 40 days postpartum is where you're kind of taken care of and your only responsibility is to take care of your baby. But everything else in your household is taken care of for you. All your food is made. All the laundry is done. This community of women comes forth to help you and make all this really nutritional food for you mm-hmm. so that you can recover physically and emotionally and just spend those 40 days with your baby, you know, and they'll help you as well with the baby. Um, and we don't do that. So now we have a rise of what we like doulas happening in the country is this doulas have become really popular because you have pre and post birth doulas who will come and do that for you. Um, but yeah, our bodies nurture everything. And if we don't nurture ourselves, how can we keep pulling from a well? Because the mom for the most part, is the center of the family. And she's the one that's going to take care of whether it's physically feeding you from her body or cooking and and bringing you up and being kind of the go-to. Like when your kids are sick or injured or upset, who do they go to for the most part? Mom, you know, and mom is handling all of them. And so, yeah, self-care has to be part of what women think of not as selfish or I'm taking it. You have to take this moment because if you don't, at some point, you're just going to break and there'll be nothing left, you know, or you just will get really haggard and really tired and confused all the time and sleep deprived. So I think, you know, physically, if you can get out of your house and get some help, whether it's um, acupuncture or massage or going to a yoga class or going to Pilates, something that gets you into your body, it's really helpful. But the other thing is nutrition. I think a lot of people don't think about what they're putting in their mouth. And it's more about, are you getting enough vegetables? Are you getting enough protein? Are you having enough of all the the essential vitamins and nutrients that you need to keep pushing forth? Like we all see women, I see women all the time who are trying to lose weight and they're breastfeeding. It's like, listen, just eat. 
your body will take care of it. You're burning 1,600 calories when you're breastfeeding. So you need to bring more in or else you're going to stop producing milk and then you're going to get stressed out because you're not feeding your baby well. It's more about focus on securing yourself and lifting yourself up and giving yourself this basis to pull from. Um, and it's just a holistic kind of care of whole life. I always tell, um, so I'm, I'm a yoga teacher, and I always tell people that, you know, weight loss and all of these things, it's a side effect. Your body is a machine, and if you are fueling it properly and you're treating it properly, think of yourself like a car. You're putting in the best gasoline. You're making sure it's, like, waxed and vacuumed out and everything. Then it runs really well. And how it looks and stuff like that is such an afterthought and just something that everywhere, because we're visual, we're so focused on, but we really must be more interested in what is going on in the inner workings and you right. know, the motor. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's really hard for people to focus on that. Of course. You of know? course. So what is it that you fell in love with about acupuncture? Why do you think oh. it's so brilliant? Um I fell in love with it because it does look at the whole picture. It looks at every organ system together, um, body, mind, spirit. You know, if I'm treating your knee, I'm actually still treating your liver, you know, or a deeper thing. Um, and in terms of women's health was what really blew me away when I encountered acupuncture and Chinese medicine was its ability to really deal with women's health issues, which... I didn't see as much in Western medicine um, and it's very powerful and getting in sync as a woman with your hormones and with the seasons and kind of feeling that shift every week and not getting stuck and not getting horrible periods or emotions and PMS. It's, it's really quite lovely mm -hmm. <laughs> to just kind of flow mm -hmm. as opposed to getting stuck. And I saw that as such a powerful um, component of Chinese medicine was its ability to help women. Because for the most part, when women have a problem with their menstrual cycle, it the answer is take a pill, right. take the birth hormones. control pill and hormones. And that may not actually make them feel better. It might make them feel worse. Or they're just a patient for the next 10, 15 years of their life on a menstrual pill, then they'll stop taking it in the hopes of becoming pregnant at some point. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they get pregnant, they'll go right back on that pill and never really fix the root cause, the problem. And Chinese medicine, um, really, that's the whole thing is what is the root of this problem? How can we change that dysfunction so that we don't have it anymore? You know, and teaching a person about their constitution and why things happen to them and what do they need to do about their behavior, both um, lifestyle, food, um, sleep, all of these things that contribute to changing and helping their own constitution because we're all born with strengths and weaknesses. And if you can identify that for a patient and explain it, they can take better care of themselves. And then we can kind of weed the garden so that you don't have to be a chronic patient. And that's what I love about it. No, it, it really is. I mean, I, I feel like, so I was that person. I started, you know, taking the pill when I was 17 and, um, you know, I was a dancer. So it was inconvenient for everybody involved for me to get my period. And so then they had me start taking it continuously. 
And then I didn't realize how much it was affecting my moods, how much it was affecting. And by P.S., I was going to acupuncture at the same time, but I was just so focused on just control. I mean, I think a lot of Westerners, we want to control our body and like, OK, I'm going to do this and you're supposed to behave this right, way right. and not listening to all of the different signals. And so then, you know, in my, you know, mid 20s, I got off the pill and then all the symptoms that come from that because your body is in total, total shock. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I worked very closely with my acupuncturist mm-hmm. and regulated my body to the point where I got my period every 28 days at 7 o'clock in the morning. When I was doing everything I was supposed to do, eating the right way, sleeping the right way, doing like everything, it was like clockwork. Yeah. And there was something so wonderful about just, you know, functioning and, and knowing what is going to happen, I mean, within reason. And when it doesn't, I was like, uh-uh, something is off. And so just like listening to yourself in a completely different way. Um, and, you know, we all have our places where, you know, I was a yoga teacher. So I'm like, well, I'm so namaste, but I'm taking like this. You know what I mean? We all have our moments. And even now, you know, I mean, I I um, am somebody I I've, I've, I breastfeed and I'm, you know, you know, organic, like that whole kind of thing. Yet I did an epidural. For all four of my babies. Do you know what I mean? And so like I definitely have my my moments where where I choose. And that's fair. I think that that is um, a road that a lot of women feel um, uneasy about. I think there's nothing wrong with having an epidural. It's really painful. You know, and and um, I would like to be a spokeswoman for epidurals if we need that. <laughs> I um, will do it. You uh, and like I will do it together. On, it's okay. <gasps> Does it make you bad? bad or less of a mom? Or that the fact that like the childbirth like didn't actually happen? Like people are like, oh, you did it naturally. I'm like, no, I did it vaginally with an epidural. And I, you know, to be honest, in the moment, I was like. I didn't know. I, did, I was planning on having no epidural, but I went there and I'm like super namaste. And my doctor is like very, very Western. And I love that because we're like the yin and the yang, but he's like surprisingly like finds his yin in there. Like it's really like great. I love him so much. <laughs> and then, you know, at, at one point he was, he was saying how I was going to, he's like, now we're going to do an epidural. I was like, why don't we just see? And then like a couple of people like kind of like snickered and I was like, okay, fine. We'll do it your way. Never done this before. We'll do it your way. And it was such a great experience that I did it three times after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's so much fear about it. Um, I, I do think we need to trust Western medicine as well. You need to understand your doctor and where you're coming from and understand that you don't have to commit to either one. You don't have right. to commit to, I'm having natural childbirth and now I want to bend the metal on my <laughs> hospital bed and try to like grit through this and just be in hysterics and you're only at four centimeters and it's, and we haven't even just begun, you know? Um, or women who are just like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I kind of sneezed and the baby fell out. And you're like, well, <laughs> right on. You know? Well, I didn't mean to just suck every article of oxygen in the room. Oh, my God. I haven't used my breathing in a while. Jeez. <sighs> I'm going to breathe. You guys all breathe at home, too. Um, I think you bring up such an important point, which is I don't know why it makes us more comfortable and happier to feel like we're going to identify who we are and we're going to stick with that for the rest of our lives. And every choice we make is a permanent one. You're allowed to change. Like, Absolutely. and I, I've had three totally different births. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that 
that each time I've learned something and I and I've thought you know I'll do that again or I won't do that again. But I it's not it's not just childbirth relative. It's everything. Everything you do, you're constantly sort of you're like the diamond that's constantly being polished, and you go through a tumble, and you're like, holy shit, I'm never going to do that again. But I'm shinier now. Look at me now. And I think that that's. It's almost a uniquely female quality that we're so comfortable in that moment of um, of of realizing that we're constantly in flux. And I think that's part of what's always drawn me towards Eastern. Well, not even just Eastern medicine, but but complementary healing practices mm-hmm. is there's this, it's one of those few places we can go to in life that feels like. It's feeding you. And it's not it's not it's not like therapy in that, you know, you're not talking through your issues. You're not having to vocalize everything. It's actually it's always blown my mind. You know, I'll sit with Michelle and she'll put her fingers on my wrist and she'll take my pulse or she'll look at my tongue or she'll look at my eyes. And it. you think you've got it all under control. and You think you're you know, you're in the know about yourself. And then all of a sudden your body kind of gives you away. And there are so many things that are happening that you're not even aware of. And and it is a practice of of uh, building you up and and feeding you and making you complete again and giving you little boosts of energy or boosts of chi flow that you didn't even know you were missing um, and I just I've always thought that was really cool so I to one of the one of the perks of our job here today is that Michelle's actually going to stick us with some needles <laughs> just for you guys <laughs> I'm so excited I'm so excited it'll be fun <laughs> so what are some uh, so I know people who are terrified to go to acupuncture right and like, well do the needles hurt. And I mean, I would say some of yes, the needles, yes, yes, a little bit, and some of the needles a little bit more than others. Right. Like even now, and I mean, I've been doing acupuncture since I was eleven. Mm-hmm. Like even now, I know that like this one right there, spleen <gasps> four. Yeah, that one's my <gasps> least. Wait, why? It hurts. Oh, no. Why? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it just hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And it they hurts. Go, go deep and then twist it. Yeah, that's an or evil point. Or trying to get the baby, or when when I've been induced to uh-huh. get the baby out, mm-hmm. that hurts too. But I'm like, but you're at that point of being so uncomfortable, like just get it. Right, you want to rock it. Yes. You want to yes, get big chi <laughs> on the point, you know. Um, so doing that, uh, it's about again how comfortable your patient is with you. So if you have a brand new patient, you're typically not going to stick a needle in their face or (laughs) do what the big chi, the dot chi point, which is kind of like if you've ever gotten into a car and someone has left your radio on really loud and and, and you you turn on the key. And it's like, whoa! That's what dot chi feels like, though. Really? And I explain that to my patients. It can be anywhere. That's the thing. Oh, that's just how deep you go into the chi. It's about where there's stagnation of energy in the point and that's when your acupuncturist is is kind of spinning the needle and you feel that big like boom Zing. yeah 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 that is dodgy well, so, that, so that's really interesting as well and correct me if I'm wrong because I mm-hmm. obviously don't know what I'm talking about but that different people will feel like one point for me could be super intense whereas on Daphne it wouldn't because we have different issues going on. Absolutely, yeah. So the points on a person that are going to be tender reflect their disharmony. Yeah. So someone like you don't like spleen four. Spleen four is very much involved with the uterus and so you were taking hormones for a really long time for a reason. So it was reflecting that disharmony and Mm -hmm. spleen four, I hate it too. You know, it's oh, like, yeah, and yeah. I always apologize to patients when I'm going to needle it. I'm needling it all the time. So it's like, okay, I rub it and I try to be very finessey. You know, my finessing you with needles. You have a lot of finessing. And like I have tricks because I want you to just not even know. <laughs> well, I find it so bizarre because I'll get on the table and I will, you'll put these little needles in everywhere and some hurt a little bit, but not really. And then all of a sudden you'll put one in and it's like you've connected yeah. the circuit. And all of a sudden I'll feel this, whir- I mean, it's the craziest thing, this worrying action of electricity going through your body and then 
45 minutes go by and you're, and you're, you're in like a fugue state and mm-hmm. you don't even know where it's gone. Um, and it, is that it's a, is that sort of the repairing work happening with that sort of cheese circulation? Um, or That is the goal. The goal is to kind of pick your points in a way that create a beautiful circuit and get this energy kind of movement happening. Get your patients to kind of let go and go to some place. We like, you know, some acupuncturists would call it like Aculand. It's someplace <laughs> between like sleep and, and conscious. And, that's a little frightening. But, <laughs> but where they just, where you don't know where time has gone and yeah. you're not sure if you were asleep or not. But you just know that's like that yes, was kind I of a cool, that. yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. floaty place to yeah. be. Yeah. You know, cool floaty. Um, it's no, a cool no. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, there's nothing on those needles, but you're going to leave a little bit calmer than everyone else. So please cross the street with care. That's my speech to all my patients. I do like hold the banister when I leave you because I'm like, right. I just don't, I just feel like I'm riding on a cloud right now. I I should lie down and go to sleep. Right. You just, you're just like, just remember you're the only one in Manhattan who feels like this right now. So just be cautious. Okay, let's get, let's get down to business. What are we going to do today? Oh, who wants to go first? Me. I want to go first. Okay. No, Michael, I've, you, I've experienced no, you. No, I don't want right. to steal. I'm, I know. I feel like this is one of those things. I'm like, going to okay, do both okay, of you. Okay, we're going to do both. Okay, okay, I'll go yeah, first. Yeah. But we should start with a pulse. Okay. Okay. So, so pulse. Okay, okay, I'm going to do your pulse first. Great. Okay. Come okay. do my pulse first. This is a bat. Yeah, so that's your pulse. Like, So we have like the breathing a little bit, but it's really heart and kidney not communicating. Some deficiencies, some sleep stuff, some brain stuff, but otherwise, yeah. you know, you're a healthy, lovely person. Um, can I see your tongue? Yes. Do you want anyone else to see it? <laughs> like this. This is a famous tongue right here, y'all. Right. Um. <laughs> okay, it's a little bit blood deficient, and it's a little bit she deficient. That's why it's shaking. Um, you can stick it back in. So, <laughs> again. No, she's like, oh, that was my talent. Ta-da. Um, <laughs> just roll it back up. Yeah, stick it back um, so, yeah, like you just need a little bit more nurturing, like we were talking about before with moms needing a little bit more because you're the well that things keep coming from. So, like, tonifying blood would be good for you. So I feel like that's food? what you said last time for me. It typically, my blood is, is like a weird a thing. a very common issue for mm-hmm. women because we menstruate and we make babies mm-hmm. from our blood. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like you're constantly being depleted and if your digestion isn't amazing, it doesn't matter how well you eat if you're not pulling that energy and those nutrients from your food because your processing isn't that great, you're still gonna be a bit depleted. All right, so we're gonna have heart and kidney communicate for yes. you. Um, we can do something very simple. Um, Maybe we'll do your needles after we read her. Yeah, we'll lay, but, we'll, lay, we'll or be wherever yeah. we have to be right. next but to each other and experience our, our yeah. as if we're having couples and couples You're gonna have couples acupuncture. This is so great. Who knew? This is our day. I'm so glad you found my number. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to ask for it again. You know, and I think we should just okay. keep treatments really simple. Like I think we can do this in four needles. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and I'm not even gonna stick an A in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you really want me to, I'll take it. Well, yeah, whatever's yeah. most effective. I'm an I'm an efficiency expert. That's what I care about. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I'm all about efficiency. But I think we can do it in four needles. Get you feeling a bit zen. Oh, I'm so excited. Because um, I do feel I feel run down. I'm no, tired. yeah, it's really <laughs> clear in new, your pulse. This is new. mom brain. Uh, Only things like this from now on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a okay. spa day. 
Okay, Ooh, let me trade with her so she can come Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go into the patient seat. The- Your pulse <clears throat> is wiry. Okay. Um, it's strong, so that's good. This might be a little bit personal. But um, you're either ovulating or, like, right around your cycle. Like, so so I had a baby six months ago. He just okay. turned six months on Saturday. And I always get my period right away after. I have four. Mm-hmm. I have four babies. And nice. This, Good job. Thanks. I have five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old. And I've been pregnant and or breastfeeding for six years straight come December 2nd. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I got pregnant breastfeeding all of them. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, so this is interesting because this time was the most depleting and it might be cumulative or just him. No, it's or cumulative. My, my it's body all of it. So it was interesting because I got my period back right away and then mm-hmm. I haven't had it since. It's on and its way. I'm really hoping so because it's... I really like to just like function normally. Let me see the bottom of your tongue. I've got hair in my mouth. Sorry. Okay. Mm. Oh, it's coming. Yay. How can you tell? To show me, how can you see? You see those veins? The blue ones? Yep. Think of that as like her gas gauge. It's filling up. Huh. When they fit to the top, you bleed. I love it. Um, not that everybody needs That's to know that. That's super cool. <laughs> All right, so for you, yes. we're going to do... Um, we're gonna do heart seven. That would be a nice place for you. And um, kidney nine. Kidney nine. There you go. <laughs> so it's right here. Okay. This is such a fun work experience. <laughs> do you want to have the zipper open or closed? <laughs> oh, I'm good. Whatever. We're good. Needles are done. We're good. Yeah, exactly. You can't. No, we're good. <laughs> now that we're. Thank you. Thank so you, Joe. What's happening, Daphne? Well, here we are, you know, getting <laughs> stuck with needles for our job. <laughs> and we unbuttoned our pants just for it. It's yes, great. to really relax. I'm building blood. So Michelle told me that I need to work on co- uh, communication between my kidney and my heart. So that's why I have my four needles and where they are. And Hilaria is working on... My lungs and my kidneys. And I'm building blood because, blood. surprise, surprise, I'm tired. Yeah, literally. Very tired and stressed out. Surprise, surprise, both of us. She was like... You seem really run down like, well, and like fatigued. Like, happen? do people ask a lot of you? <laughs> <laughs> four very irrational. And then we people. both said, "Stick us, Michelle." <laughs> <laughs> right on target. <laughs> now here crystals? we are. My my wrists are rotated. Like, oh, that this is your reality, degrees. and this is my reality right now. I'm supine. I've got like twice That's as many needles, life. and I'm in this. <laughs> But the problem with Laura is she's if she'd been like, could you get upside down? You'd be like, yes, absolutely. I don't know what that for you. Wonder why I'm depleted. What else can I do? For could you? you hang from the ceiling? And just just let me. Let me <laughs> could you defy gravity, please? Yes. yes. Do these needles are just loopy. Too? I think so. so I think so. Should I take them out? I guess yes. That's so you're, probably. You're taking yours out. I yourself. didn't mean to. It just disappeared out of my. I feel like body. my yoga pose is like. Thank yeah, you. I'm sure to be you're done. done. So how do you guys feel? I mean, that was chaos acupuncture with lots of talking and odd positions and a short time frame. But just to get the kind of basic of like, this is what you need. Do you feel a little chill? I, I feel I feel more relaxed. And then that's one of those things that like, you know, of course, you guys listening at home, of course, you think that we're just going to be like, yeah, sure, I feel better. I mean, 
acupuncture is so incredible and it is the one thing that I will make time like the me time other than you know working out and doing my whole yoga stuff um, because it is so powerful I mean I do feel with that's like tiny little session I do feel more relaxed and also just focusing on yourself having you talk to us and 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 notice us and listen say, to us it's nice that was so lovely be like here's what you need yes you know <laughs> just take some of the pressure off it's so good no I do and it was you know that was so quick and I think under normal circumstances we'd have kept the needles in longer but it's it is you will blow your mind away when you feel the electric current and you do I mean even that five minutes ten minutes it was just a release mm-hmm. um, thank you so much anytime thank you this is a fact so that was our conversation with michelle following our conversation with Anne, and we feel so relaxed no it's amazing i feel kind of actually tired you know also just to like have somebody check in i have to say she was like wow you're really tired and you don't remember things and you're stressed out i was like yes right on target exactly all right so that actually leads us perfectly into our favorite things for this episode. Now it's time for our favorite things. Yes! In the spirit of giving you some cool things that we like to do in New York, our acupuncturists are, of course, located here in New York, but um, both have websites and, and have you know written prolifically on the topic, so you at least can learn a bit from them if you want to um, and you know find, find people in your area, which is great. But if you do happen to make your way to New York, or even better, to Palisades Park, New Jersey, you can make yourself a very, very fun-filled afternoon slash full day because the place is open, I want to say, 24 hours a day. It is called King's Spa and Sauna. It is a Korean... Um, it's a Korean spa, but what that means is there's multi-levels. So it's um, there's a level that's like all these different domes, and they're they're kind of like sweat domes. So you go in, they're really hot, and each room has different minerals or herbs. In so there's a gold room that all the walls are are um, are you know plastered in gold foil. There's a room that's uh, all like emerald and sage and jade. There's a room that's um, all salt, and uh, and you know diff- all these different rooms have different healing properties. And the idea being you go in and you sweat, which of course incorporate. We're talking a lot about sweating on these episodes, but whatever. <laughs> it's a now big part of being a mom. It's is a big sweating. part of being a mom. You work hard. Um, so the idea being that you you sweat and you sort of start to release your own toxins. You obviously open your pores up, and your your um, body starts to absorb the natural energy and healing properties of each of these different elements in each of these rooms. And then when you walk out of the room, the sweat is meant to reincorporate and sort of bring these healing properties now back into you. Um, and then on the next level is uh, there's like an ice room there's an extra hot room which is for experts only it's really intense um, there's an ice room and then there's a uh, the most incredible Korean food restaurant um, mm-hmm. you get this like shaved ice with condensed milk and sticky sweet red bean and different fruits and things Oh yeah, Cal oh. pulled it up. That's, oh, that looks really oh, good. Can we go? Oh, I would love to go. <gasps> I would love gosh, to go, but I'm going to forewarn that. you. So this what is a co-ed. Stink? Wait, no, no, no. You <laughs> smell them. Oh, oh, that, oh, that's the best part. I haven't got to the best part. So that's the like work part. Then you go to the lower level, and that is the entire wet spa area where you go into these hot and cold baths, and then you get out, and that's, oh, that's the cold pretty. room. See, it's iced there. But you get out of these hot and cold baths, and then you get this most incredible Korean body scrub and massage where these women just like throw 
throw you on the table like you're a slab of meat and they scrub off all the dead top layers of skin cells. This is so much fun to do in the winter when your skin is so dry and mm. like and scaly and they scrub off all the dead skin cells. Then they massage you with this amazing oil. They work out all the kinks in your neck and you walk out of this place. You've been bathed, fed, scrubbed, oiled <laughs> and you're like, you are reborn. It is so incredible. The only mm, thing I should tell I you. I Cal wants to go too. Cal, well, Cal is in New Jersey. So this is like in our backyard um, and it's so much fun. My girlfriends and I make a day of this all the time. Um, but it was a a shock at the very start when I first started going because you go in there and they give you these really not sexy uniforms to put on these like big pink <laughs> like onesies um, and the guys get white ones which Wait, is, is very gender normative <laughs> but, but um, in any case they put you put these on because the wet part of the spa where you get you know put on the slab and scrubbed and everything is nude so the, they and they're separate so the men are by themselves and the women are by themselves but it's like totally nude wow. like like everything nude oh, well. and it tells you a lot about gotta um, get into all the different areas well, right? all the different areas but also <laughs> just like so you know I, I I wax and I think that that's sort of like what a lot of my friends do and there are a lot of people who don't do anything and it's just it's really interesting to see all the different ladies doing their thing and everyone's sort of like you know living their life and then you realize you're all naked <laughs> very it feels like you're communing with your people which is fun i love that when you like that you you have the like the ability to do that with your close girlfriends yeah i might want to go there i might take that back maybe i want to go there with nobody i know and that will ever (laughs) ever ever see again well i think i think probably at this point and that's the really authentic way no you're there's no drinking (laughs) Uh, because you're sweating so profusely i mean maybe they have beer i don't know but i wouldn't drink while i was there i'm detoxing but um but i bet I bet if you really wanted to, you could get away with wearing like a string bikini. But it just why rob yourself of the authentic experience? No, absolutely. You just got to take a deep breath and bear it all, right? That's so funny. I would kind of think of you as a nudist, actually. I think you would like welcome that opportunity. <laughs> Is that only because you've seen my my pregnancy pre and post pregnancy? No, I just feel like you're so comfortable in your skin. I would think you'd just be am, like running I, around. No, I am. But I but, you know, I don't know. I don't I think I could come to it. I've never done that before, Daphne. I don't know. You're putting me on the spot right now. I haven't decided what kind of person I am in terms of that. That would maybe bring me out of my comfort zone. Well, the food's worth it. Yes, yes. Um, Wait, you forgot my favorite thing, Cal. He's just, Cal's just getting so awkward Cal. over here. that he's like, oh God, naked women. God, oh no. Is it naked on the men's side too? He's oh what? <laughs> Cal's gonna go and report back. Anyway, King Spawn Sauna King? in Palisades Park, New Jersey. <laughs> okay, here's one. So I often get asked what my favorite yoga mat is. Yeah. And a yoga mat thing is is very personal, by the way. Um, I am a big believer in having your own yoga mat, um, just because you know, it, no matter how well they say they clean them at yoga studios. It really is never quite clean. Um, there's if you're going for a um, more inexpensive yoga mat, I find the tapas yoga mat to be really good, mm. um, and I feel like it's like I don't know somewhere between ten and twenty bucks. Um, if it's something that you want to invest a little bit more in, I feel like it's somewhere between forty and fifty bucks. Um, is a Jade Harmony yoga mat. That's my mat of choice. It lasts for a really long time. Um, so I, I recommend it if, if you have, if you have that to, um, spend on your yoga practice. Um, but I like it because it doesn't, uh, slip. 
Um, it comes in lots of fun colors. It comes in different um, widths of, of the mat as well. If you're very, very tall or you want your husband who is very tall to um, do yoga with you, they have an extra long version. Um, so anyway, that is my, my favorite yoga mat. Um, and I've been practicing on that for at least a decade. Um, and I really like, I, I, you know what else I do in terms of like the colors? They have very soothing colors. So I'll like go through, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to have a green mat. And it literally will last me like two years. And then I'll have, you know, they have like a mauve one or like a muted red one. Um, they have like a pretty orange one, um, a blue, like the blue, the dusty blue one. I love it. And when I'm like in downward facing dog and I can look at this very serene color. And then also again, practice um, doing yoga without falling flat on my face. Because if you just go and buy whatever yoga mat nothing is more frustrating and p.s a waste of money than buying a slippery yoga mat because you will slip in downward facing dog once you start to sweat right on your face and then you might as well have just thrown that you know ten dollars in the trash don't forget to subscribe rate review and email us mombraidpod at gmail.com thank you guys so much for listening we're having so much fun doing this and let's continue the community thanks guys this is Mombrain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mombrain is a Gallery Media Group production.